Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or, I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to DonorDoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works. Get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love. Go to DonorDoc.com. Use the code word do good better at checkout and get a month free. DonorDoc.com. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk about things and we bring on guest experts and we bring on brilliant people to inspire the small and medium-sized nonprofit organizations. Today's a special episode for myself, and I will preface this by uh, the young lady that I have on the podcast today uh, is one of the uh, reasons why I started the podcast, was an inspiration on why I started the podcast in the first place, was one of the first people I actually interviewed as a guest expert to help nonprofits train. She happened to be like... 10 years old when I did it, which is a banana pancakes. And I am ecstatic to have somebody that if you are in the nonprofit world, if you are a nonprofit leader, if you are just thinking about doing good in the world, uh, hold on to your butts because you're about to be uh, super inspired by my friend and special guest on the official Do Good Better podcast, Miss Sawyer Anderson. Hello. Sawyer, how are you? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Much better that you are here today. Um, we have a lot to talk about. If you are scrolling through iTunes, if you're scrolling through YouTube and you find yourself uh, listening to this episode, but you have no idea who a Sawyer Anderson is, A, you will. And B, I would love you to kind of tell a story to the uh, listening audience on who you are, what you do, how you got there kind of thing. Your story at your pace. Sawyer, the floor is yours. Okay. So, hi, I'm Sawyer Anderson. I'm 11 years old, and my whole entire mission started when my dad went to Africa in August of 2017, and he came back and he told me stories of people who do not have clean water and have to walk three miles to get it, and it's bewildering because there's kids my age, younger, and even people that are much older than me who have to do that, who have to walk three miles down and back. And I was like, I need to help them. I need to make a difference and change how that's happening. I need to try to help them. And I was like, well, how can I do that? And I thought about it. And my grandma's garage sale was coming up. And what most perfect time in the whole entire world, I could sell cookies and drinks at my grandma's garage sale. So I did that. And my initial goal was $50 because that is clean water for one person for life. And so I was selling and I didn't get $50. I got $188, which was bewildering. So I kept going. I sold cookies through Facebook and social media. And then um, 
I partnered with my church, Hope Lutheran, in Fargo to make these bags. And they're called Shetange bags. And they're made out of African wax fabric called Shetange. And we started making them and they were a big hit. And I designed them and we had people who volunteered to make them, which was very awesome. And then we went along and I was selling them. And then I started talking to people and doing presentations. And then a lot of people bought bags and they only kept like five or whatever, or maybe one or two when they bought like 20 or 10. They're like, just keep the money and um, take the bags that we bought that we're not gonna use and bring them somewhere. And I was like, okay and they're like do something good with them so i decided okay and my dad listed off some organizations <laughs> and he stumbled upon the jeremiah program mm-hmm. so i brought my bags over there and if you don't know what the jeremiah program is it is where young women and like moms and ladies um who are mothers learn to be a mother and if they're struggling they help them get them back up And so I brought them over there and I just decided to drop them off. But no, (laughs) they were like, you have to come to this graduation thing. I don't really remember really what it was. I, it was just a graduation thing in my mind. And it's where the moms graduate from their little classes about being a mom. So I went there with my bags and I got to meet all the moms. I got to drop off the bags and give them to them, which was really, really cool. And this nice lady named Koya came up to me and she was like, I want to work with you. And I was like, okay. So we had a little meeting, I guess, in my kitchen Mm -hmm. and we were talking. She was like, you should write a book. And I was like, lady, are you hallucinating? I am only like 10 years old. I cannot write a book. Well, guess what? I did write a book and I also illustrated it. And it's called Waterworks. So, yeah, I was an author and illustrator, and here I am. Um, I think you're short-selling yourself on a couple of things. And I will point out where you're short-selling yourself. You are a international best-selling author. I just, for the, for the listening audience, this is a 10-year-old girl who has the soul of a 45-year-old do-gooder who has dedicated her young life to making the world a better place through purchasing wells for individuals who uh, need clean water to thrive and survive. And did I mention the fact that she is now 11? I just need you to let you know that. And she wrote a book about it and that she gives all the proceeds to the book uh, to help build these wells. And, and I tell that to you not to make yourself feel bad as somebody who is a nonprofit leader or whatever. I'm telling you that to inspire you that if you are ever wondering if your path is right or whatever, you've got that gut instinct sort of in there, do it. Otherwise, you won't do it, right? And so this is just, it's so fascinating that uh, opportunity has always knocked for you and you have not only answered, but you've kicked down the door, which I always thought was really interesting and fun. Uh, and you've done it with such... Um, You've done it with such grace and you've done it with such enthusiasm and such passion that you don't see from adults. And I've always been uh, admiring of you. I've been an admirer of you. And and then that's around that time where you did publish your book is when you and I met. 
And one of the things that we uh, that I asked you to do is when we did a conference for the first time, and I said, listen, if if somebody of your stature can come on stage and give a pitch to an audience of hundreds of people that who have, you've never met before, um, can you inspire an entire group of people to be comfortable with making an ask and a pitch, right? So one of the hardest things you'd have to do in the nonprofit world is ask for money or ask for a reason why you should do it. I'm wondering, I'm going to, I remember I told you I wasn't going to put you on the spot, but now I'm going to put you on the spot because, well, we'll talk about why I think you could do this in the first place later. Um, but do you remember the pitch that you gave on stage at our first annual Do-Gooders Conference? And if you do, could you, for the listening and viewing audiences, for those who are on YouTube, um, can you give that pitch on why on earth I should support you and your mission for clean water? Awesome. So yeah, I can say that. So it is my special elevator pitch. And if you don't know what an elevator pitch is, well, let me tell you. Um, it is a pitch where you have to give in the short time you're in an elevator. And you don't have to do it in an elevator. You can do it anywhere. So this is my elevator pitch. One book, one life, save a life with every book. That's an offer you can't refuse. So buy a book and save a life. Jazz hands, only $9.99. I love this uh, for a number of reasons. One, um, if you can't fundraise like a 10-year-old, which is the, which is what the age you were when you did this, uh, you, you sure can because that's how that's how it's done. I also love that you uh, uh, explained what an elevator pitch was because I think a lot of people uh, think of this as, uh, oh my gosh, I'm going to get really nervous about telling my story or, oh, I'm going to get really nervous about um, how I'm going to approach people. And you do it with just such flair. Again, the adding of the jazz hands is great as somebody who uses uh, his hands to speak uh, way more than he should. I appreciate that. Uh, but, I, uh, but I love the audacity in which you just say, listen, it's a book. It's going to save a life. It's less than $10. What's the big deal? And I think that attitude in the nonprofit world needs to be a little bit more prevalent because you do wonderful things as a nonprofit. You should be proud of it. You should be excited about it. And that is exactly what you embody yourself. Uh, so that's awesome. So you 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 created these Shatangi bags. How many bags do you think you have A, designed and B, sold? And I'm going to say two years because that's literally how long you've been doing this, right? Uh, so let's say how many have you designed and how many bags have you sold? Holy moly. I am not really the math person, so I got to think about this. All right. Uh, I'm going to say a lot. Yeah, thousands. Thousands. <laughs> thousands of bags designed, thousands of bags created, and thousands of bags sold. And then you wrote a book and illustrated a book, right? And, and again, we became book buddies because around the same time I published mine uh, for the first time and I was like, oh yeah, I published a book. And then I read yours and I was like, it's so much better than my book. Uh, and then I bought a whole bunch of them and then we, it was just great. I loved it. How many books have you sold worldwide? So I am published on three continents, not one, not two, but three. And I'm so published awesome. on North America, mm -hmm. Asia, mm -hmm. and Africa. And mm -hmm. I have my book translated to Vietnamese in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And I have it in Zambia, which is really, really cool. Because that's where my dad went mm -hmm. on his trip to Africa. And that's where my dream started. So, hey, Australia, get on the ball here and order some yeah. books. <laughs> Dang it. 
everybody in Melbourne listening to this, I'm just going to send it to random people in Australia and you need to buy Waterworks immediately. And there. Europe. Yeah, and Europe. Maybe even Antarctica. Why not? There's a, there is a several places of people living on Antarctica. I'm sending a book there. <laughs> um, so thousands of books all over the place in three different continents. Exactly. Um, when a nonprofit has a big, hairy, audacious goal and idea, sometimes they get, um, se- they second guess themselves. Um, is there a moment where you started this process selling bags or writing a book where you said, is it really worth it? Am I going to do this? or you had that hesitation of whether you could do it or has this always been internalized? You're like, ah, I'm going to do it anyway. So like how matter, like how big or small I did it, I just wanted to make a difference and do something. So I was like, well, this probably won't get very big, um, but I'll be making a difference and saving some lives no matter what. Mm-hmm. And it's become so big and I'm so thankful for that. And I think I can just do pretty much anything that's thrown at me at this point. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that where, where nonprofits get stuck a lot is that they second guess themselves or they wait till it's perfect instead of just doing it right. Uh, and they take a leap or they don't take a leap. And that's, and that's where I think you have um, thrived is that you're like, Hey, I, it's going to help enough people uh, out of the gate. Uh, I'm not really concerned about numbers. I'm just going to do it. And then because of the audacity of you doing it, therefore it grows and becomes uh, something bigger and better, which is just amazing. So uh, again, this is why I love having you on as a podcast. And I'm so excited to have you back is because I get to see this kind of come full circle. It's not even full circle. It's like the first circle. That's not even full circle. It's the first loop in a number of loops that will we'll have you on a million times. So like episode, like every season, we're just going to have you back and see what happened next. It's going to be awesome. So the bags, we've got the books, we've got uh, all of those things. And then because again, you are now 11 yes. and not yet 12 international bestselling book and author and, and bag creator. Uh, you decide during quarantine that you were a little bit bored Um Tell the listening audience uh, what one does after you uh, sell bags internationally and sell books internationally and raise a bunch of money for an international organization to build wells. What on earth is there left to do as an 11-year-old? So first of all, during quarantine, we, of course, had really nothing to do except just stay home and um, sleep. Mm -hmm. But um, we started making even more bags than before and really, really unique ones. And we started designing ones based after my favorite Broadway shows. And we started making ones that were personalized. Mm -hmm. And my seamstress, Betsy Ross, my dad, um, started getting on those. And I designed every single one. Mm -hmm. And we did more and more than we pretty much ever done. And then I was asked by these nice ladies named Janelle and Meg to do a pageant. And I had literally never, ever heard of a pageant um, like this before. Mm-hmm. I'd only heard of like toddlers and tiaras where they just are little brats. But um, <laughs> I, did, I didn't really know what a pageant even was. And I was like, sure, I have nothing really else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hopped on that and it was an amazing experience. And it was all based on platform. And that is one of the reasons I really did it. And... 
because of Waterworks. And then I got up on stage and I did my thing and I won the title of Miss Preteen Flickertail International 2021. And I'm so happy about that, that I decided to do it. I am, uh, I'm sitting with royalty. I bet you didn't know that. You're, you're listening to royalty. Uh, the best part about uh, you on stage in, in pageant form is that your platform and your voice now gets a larger microphone, as if you didn't think you had the opportunity to have a larger microphone. So what, um, what sort of experiences by being in a pageant itself and talking about waterworks and talking about your book and talking about the, the impact that you can make globally, um, what things have you seen uh, change from not being in, in a pageant? Because I think, again, I'm, a, I'm an old guy, right? So you, I, I watched, uh, what was it, Miss Congeniality, right? That was like the movie that I used to watch. And I'm like, wow, pageant shows, that's great. Um, but the voice that you have now is exponentially louder. Talk to me a little bit about how excited you are to tell the story to way more people who are listening, who never thought about listening to you before because they never knew who you were in the first place. So while I was doing the pageant, I met so many great people. And when I was crowned my title, so many more opportunities came up. I started an um, Instagram account, a Facebook account for Miss Preteen Flickertail, and I got to meet um, a lot of people who I had no clue who they were, um, like Miss Preteen Alabama or whatever, and Tennessee or whatever, mm-hmm. and I became just like friends with them um, because of my social media title Mm -hmm. and that's really cool and then more opportunities came up and in July we have nationals and that is with like almost every single state which is amazing and I get to talk and meet so many more people and spread my word even farther than I could even imagine Mm -hmm. which is mind-boggling. I think it's funny that um, the pandemic, because you were bored and decided to have, uh, you know, to run for a a pageant, that's hilarious. And I just love it. Um, But I think what what you said is great, too, is that um, we could have just buried ourselves in sleep and done something unproductive within our uh, the pandemic. And what I think um, is great is that you've now in you have had the ability to inspire that you would have never gotten this opportunity if you wouldn't have been bored in quarantine, right? So you would have never taken this leap. You would have never met some of these people. You would have never engaged with as many people because you took a leap of faith or you actually took this pandemic and made it into a positive. And that's the one thing that I, uh, that I really, uh, really love about you as a person is that you've never taken uh, the opportunity not to be the most positive human being in the world and take a leap and say, I'm going to make more of an impact. Your whole being is how can I make more of an impact? And I think I think it's as, as nonprofits of all sizes and shapes, because there's a lot of people who are going to be listening that say that forgot their passion and that maybe the, the, the whole pandemic has maybe um, uh, shut them down and they forgot about what impact they could make. Was there a time during your quarantine where you had to remind yourself or remember that um, what you did and what you were doing was fantastic? Um, well, I kind of, um, when I 
the quarantine hit, I couldn't make any presentations. Mm -hmm. And my last one before the pandemic was just a week before we got in lockdown. And I went to a church and it there was like no people at all. And it was just so small. And I completely missed that. Like during the quarantine, I was like, well, what can I do that I'm now in quarantine? Um, can't really do much, but I could still post on social media. I could sell bags and I don't think I ever lost the spark mm -hmm. to help people. It just got brighter. Yep. Yep. I think, and that, and that's, this is why, this is why you're such a good guest is because if you're ever listening, if you ever need a pick me up, right. If you ever need uh, someone to kind of like, Hey, why I, I'm having a bad day. Ah, sucks. Uh, just go find uh, Sawyer on all of her social media platforms and go watch her perform or watch her speak or look at what she's doing. And uh, you're going to be inspired. Like, well, I, if, if she's championing this, I can champion this as well. That's, that's what this is for. It's going to be great. Uh, we just recently had um, Giving Hearts Day here in this region. Uh, for those of you who are listening who don't live in the uh, North Dakota, Minnesota area, Giving Hearts Day is uh, a giving day in our region that is, uh, is blown out of, like, it's just unbelievably massive. I think like, yesterday they raised like close to $22 million uh, for this particular event. You participated in this. How? So for my second year, I did Giving Hearts Day last year, mm -hmm. but this year I was asked to do it again. Mm -hmm. And uh, on social media, I just advertise it like crazy. Donate to your favorite nonprofits. Mm -hmm. um, please help people. And I raised enough money for four wells and over a thousand lives were saved. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just on that one day. Right? Yeah. Um. For those who are uh, wondering what a well costs, uh, walk me through kind of the, what, I've got 50 bucks. Like, right, so I've got $50 uh, I wanted uh, to donate, but I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I kind of like this Sawyer Anderson, but I don't know what my $50 can do, right? So walk me through what a well costs, what uh, what the process looks like, and and how somebody would get a hold of you to donate you a big sack of money and how they would help, right? So walk me through this. Okay, so let's say you bought a book or a bag. Mm -hmm. Let's say you bought a bag, for instance, mm -hmm. which is $50. This okay. is a very easy example. Love it. Um, so you bought a, a bag that is $50, mm -hmm. and I partner with these two organizations called Wellspring and World Vision, mm -hmm. and I bring the money to Wellspring mm -hmm. and they match it. And then they bring that to World Vision and they triple match it. And then it becomes enough money for all um, to put in a well, like. Uh, it's a great one, like to like, dig one out. Yeah. So, so my $50 turns into $100 at Wellspring that turns into $200 to buy a well. Pretty much. And I think, I'll, I'm not really much of a math person, as I said before. You and me both. Um, but I'm pretty sure a well is $15,000. Mm -hmm. um, it's $15,000. So if you buy a bunch of bags, then maybe you can build a well. And So so I'm giving heart sake because I'm not good at math either. You had enough money to build four wells, yeah. which is $60,000-ish. Yes. Look at me. Look at my getting math. I'll look at that. My kids are going to be so proud. Dad, you did math. 
and it'll be the first time ever that I have done math correctly. 60 grand for Wells. Now, one of the things uh, that I think is great is that you get to like deliver checks. So most nonprofits uh, get to have those uh, check ceremonies where they get like a giant check and then they get to take a photo in front of it. Uh, you, however, get to give giant checks to organizations and be the person that actually kind of shows up and like, hey, here's a, uh, a check with a lot of zeros on it. Talk to me about the last check that you uh, got to help write from your book sales to, was it Wellspring? Yes. Okay. So I raised $20,000 from book sales and I got to present a big, huge check to Wellspring and it was kind of a little gift for Giving Hearts Day. A little gift. Like I just want perspective. I just want everybody listening to like a little gift that I did for selling books. Uh, books being nine ninety nine. Yeah. So less than ten dollars. You raised twenty thousand dollars, and I'm not even going to try to do the math on that one. But it's a lot of books. Um, that is incredible. And I think this is this is the the best part about uh, listening to your story is um, the litany of of nonprofits who again, may forget their mission at some points or may not uh, have an, a piece of inspiration that they sort of uh, work on every day. They wake up, they're like, oh, I got all these spreadsheets to work about. Oh, I got to do this and this and this. If you need a pick-me-up, A, listen to this podcast, uh, but B, look at what one person can do. And then think about your the size of your own organization and the size of your volunteers and your board and the amount of people that you serve. Think about that as an impact. And um, and use Sawyer as an example of going above and beyond and actually executing on that plan that you think is a really good idea that you might not think it's going to be a working thing in progress. But yeah, you know, it does. It works. If you put yourself out there and you actually execute uh, instead of talking about it incessantly, you're going to have uh, results exactly like this. It's just wonderful. Um, how can people follow you? And so that they can also be inspired and uh, have a grin on their face every time they uh, watch you either on uh, a video or other things. How can people do this? I was hoping you'd say that. I, so. Yes, I've softballed this for you. I'm excited. Yeah. So, so mm -hmm. if you want to find Waterworks, you can go to my website if you want to buy a book or a bag or donate. Mm -hmm. um, it is waterworkc.com mm -hmm. and the C is S-E-A mm -hmm. like water and my initials, which is really, really cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I have also a Facebook page, which is waterworkc, just like my website. And I also have a Facebook and Instagram account for Miss Preteen Flickertail, which is probably Miss Preteen Flickertail. <laughs> We will have all of those links in the show notes because uh, you're going to want to follow Sawyer. You're going to want to donate. You're going to want to buy a bag. You're going to want to buy a book. In fact, buy a book and then buy another book and then give it to somebody as well. I think a lot of people do that, which is great. They buy a book for themselves and they buy uh, for other people. There's a lot, if you're a business, if you're listening to this and you're a business and that you want to kind of inspire your own staff or your own staff's kids, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful book uh, that you kind of put yourself in as somebody who's journeying to, uh, you know, sort of a place that needs well, and you like have this revelation, it's wonderful. I don't want to give away the book. I don't want to be a spoiler alert, but it's great. Um, if you're a business uh, buying a whole bunch of books for yourself to kind of distribute to your vendors or your people uh, who work with you, uh, it's a wonderful gift as well. Uh, buy a bag. Everyone's unique, right? Yeah. Uh, they're all unique. So if you, you know, you're, 
it's it's almost Valentine's Day when we're recording this, right? You probably have a, a somebody's got a birthday up. They want a unique gift that's never been that you can't find anywhere else. What a wonderful opportunity! You should go buy a bag too. And then at the same time, you're buying a bag, which is the best part about what you have created here as your uh, empire grows. And that's what I'm going to call it eventually. Is this Sawyer Anderson Empire that is uh, helping the world? Is that uh, for everything you purchase, you get something, and you give something, you give uh, uh, the opportunity for a community in Africa to have uh, sustainable, uh, clean water, which is something that is absolutely necessary that you are doing uh, the work for. And it's amazing. So um, I would like to thank you for coming uh, A, into the studio, which is wonderful. Uh, B, for all the work that you are doing. Congratulations on being this pre-teen flicker tail. And uh, I wish you best of luck at the nationals. I, listen, if there's betting odds in Vegas, go. I don't even know if uh, Vegas would bet on these things. I'm not putting money down on you winning uh, this uh, this thing. And um, thank you for what you do. Thanks for being an inspiration to a lot of nonprofits and myself uh, to always want to do uh, good and appreciate you being a guest on the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you for inviting me. This was fun. We'll have you on again and again and again because you're amazing. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody, to the official Do Good Better podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Look, as someone who listens to the show, you know that I love helping small and medium-sized nonprofits. That's why we bring on the awesome experts and guests that get to talk to you about how to make your organization more awesome. So I've got a deal for you. I would like to help you. I would like to work with you. So if you go to dogooduniversity.com, that's dogooduniversity.com, and you register for one of the courses, I'm going to send you my best-selling book, Fundraise Awesome or a practical guide to staying sane while doing good for free because I really want you to do amazing work. Listen, dogooduniversity.com. Go pick out something, whether it's a board training or a gratitude training or whatever webinar you want to choose. Um, use the promo code podcast. Take 25% off of anything that you purchase. And I'm going to throw in a book as well because I want you to do awesome. I want you to do awesomer. And I want you to do good better. Go to dogooduniversity.com today.